be a little bit more open with the technology and opening up to the other leaders uh, in the industry and, uh, and learning from them and asking the questions. I think that, that, that probably I would consider as the, the biggest learning experience that, that I should have known better, uh, not dwelling on that experience in 99s. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Vimal Patel, president and CEO of Q Hotels Management, which owns and operates 11 hotels in Louisiana and Texas. Recently named one of the 100 most powerful people in the U.S. in U.S. hospitality by the U.S. Hospitality Association, Vimal is an innovative tech entrepreneur and the founder of the groundbreaking Innerly, a proprietary software that streamlines the day-to-day duties of hoteliers, increasing efficiency and productivity by helping hotel teams make better, quicker, and more informed decisions. Vimal is routinely tapped by journalists who cover the hospitality industry, including today's hotelier, Asian hospitality, and long-live lodging. Vimal, you are my first hotelier, and I'm excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about your journey into the hotel business. It started back in uh, 91 uh, when I moved uh, to this country from from Africa. You know, I was three years in Africa, and um, I moved with my cousin who owned a small motel. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I lived with him in the beginning uh, stages of my life. And, and um, I worked at the donut shop right across the street and then worked at the McDonald's. And then um, then a few years, uh, two and a, two and a, about three years later, I moved to Tennessee uh, and things didn't quite work out uh, as planned. And so I moved back uh, in 99. At that time, he had built a new hotel called Best Western in a town, Best Western, wow. It's a town called Plus. And, and so I lived with him. I worked as a night auditor uh, at the Best Western and started out with that position. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to being a general manager of the Hampton Inn that he built. And, and then, uh, you know, that's how I got in. Then we formed a management company, became a partner, and, uh, you know, then got, got into managing hotels, the development, development and so forth. And so that's, that's, that's how I became a hotelier. So M- McDonald's and a donut shop. What what was the reason that you uh, had to take those jobs? Yeah, so when I moved to this country, obviously, you know, uh, I had uh, no degree and and uh, and, mm-hmm. a, and, a, and a financial situation was pretty bad. Okay. So I had to start somewhere, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I worked uh, worked there, and um, you know, and I when I moved to Tennessee, uh, things didn't quite work out, so I had to re- restart my journey again. So yeah, that's that's what happened. So what happened in Tennessee, Vimal? Yeah, so I, I was I was uh, uh, you know uh, with uh, with uh, uh, my first marriage at the time, and uh, you know and trying to to uh, jumpstart my life at the mm-hmm, time, and mm-hmm. uh, and with a you know in a typical immigrant story where where you know you want to get into business and uh, and try to make it, but uh, you know things uh, didn't quite go well, and uh, and so I had to sort of uh, restart my life with twenty five hundred dollars pocket and a homeless. I came back uh, in ninety nine to my cousin again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I'm very curious. I've, you know, of course, done a, a good bit of traveling, and some of that traveling has has been by car. Um, you know, if I'm headed from here to my family home or other places, and you know, I, I find it very interesting that virtually every uh, small hotel franchise I stay at is owned and operated by somebody, you know, by an Indian. What is it about this business that attracts, you know, East Indians? Right. So, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the Oxford study uh, conducted by Asian American Hotel Owners Association, AHOA, uh, they found out that over 60% of the hotels in the U.S. are owned by Indians. Mm-hmm. And it started back in 50s and 60s and, and carried on to 70s when uh, some family that moved, out, moved in, uh, especially in California and some other, other major cities, um, they, you know, they wanted a place to conduct the business for, for the livelihood. And so they ended up in a small motel. They were, uh, you know, they could live in the, in the motel and they could work there. They could, they could all, all inclusive things and, and, the, and they made money. And, and so, so, you mm-hmm. know, when they called the families and friends, uh, you know, they encouraged them to get into motel business. They funded them. A lot of first timers got, uh, you know, uh, borrowed money from their friends and family and even from the village people that, that they live in from the same people that, that they know of. And, and that's how we got started and multiplied. And today, you know, it's over 60% of the hotels uh, are owned by Indians. That's that, I mean, that's great. I've always wondered that. That's really interesting. So, so how did, you know, how have you gotten to be among the 100 most powerful people in hospitality in this country? So, uh, yeah, so COVID, uh, you know, you know, kind of elephant in the room kind of became a lot more bigger because there were challenges in regards to franchisees uh, where, where brands like IG, which I had filed a lawsuit uh, in a federal court in New Orleans against unfair. I'm sorry, I, did, I didn't catch. I didn't catch what what uh, hotel company? Uh, IG, which is the Holiday Inn brand. OK, thank you. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the IG is, uh, is part of the Holiday Inn brands, uh, uh, you know, it's called Internet, Inter- Intercontinental Hotels Group. Okay. And so we, uh, you know, uh, we filed the Class X and Lawsuit in New Orleans uh, for the unfair business practices, especially with the, with the vendor mandates and kickbacks that uh, the, the, that's uh, been a challenge for the hoteliers because in 2019, we just completed a $1.8 million of renovation for this Holiday Inn Express. Okay. We should not have. It should have been somewhere around one, two, one, three, and it just simply didn't make sense. And and a uh, uh, lot of lot of the cha- lot of the uh, changes and added fees that carries on year over year over year, uh, which are not disclosed when you from, sign the fr- from the parent company, the franchisor. Yeah. Right from from the franchisor. So 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 uh, you know, the, and, and that that was one thing. You know, then 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 we become a advocacy part of it in regards to the lenders where CMBS lenders were mm-hmm. not uh, working uh, with the hoteliers at the time of crisis in COVID. Uh, then then the, the supply shortages in the hotel, uh, which I was in Fox Business News. And, uh, you know, so it's a lot of uh, advocacy part, for, you know, and speaking up part because of the hoteliers and, and the hardship that we were going through. And the AHOA also recognized me as the award of excellence prior to prior to the top 100 recognition that came afterwards. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was pretty challenging part between 21 and, um, you know, carrying on to 22, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in a super competitive business, right? Um, how do you uh, and your, you know, and your brands, uh, how do you rise above and distinguish yourself among the competition? So, so yes. Yeah, so, so again, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, oversight, in, you know, from from the brands as well, right? From the from the franchisee, franchisor part of it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that you cannot do, 
you know, if you are an independent hotelier, uh, you know, then, then you're free to do that. So, so, so part of the part of the going with the franchise brand is that there's a support system and, and they, 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 there's a, uh, uh, marketing and advertising and so on, marketing, right? Advertising yeah. and so forth, right? Right. Uh, in, in, in regards to the service part, and it regards to to having the right culture and the right training at the property level. That's that's on us, right? So we have to make sure that the amount of investment, millions of dollars worth of our investment, is protected. We are providing right tools and right services, and taking care of that asset, in fixing the problems, encouraging uh, the staff to take care of the guests, and, and then providing the right services and not cutting corners. Uh, you know, the key element right now is a labor shortage, uh, which is a huge part of it, right. and uh, we are twice. We had twice uh, went back and uh, and have increased the um, uh, the hourly wages and to accommodate the the, the inflation part of it. We have, we have provided benefits and we have provided a structure where the employees can grow within and become the become the take up on the GM position. Uh, you know, and and then maintain maintaining the the good PR in the in the market and and having having giving back to the communities. Uh, you know, that's another thing that we have taken upon. So. So there are some of the things that, that we, we can actually do for hotels. So so what are some of the things that you do to give back to your community? Um, you know, so we, uh, I've been part, my, my wife and I have been part of uh, this group called CASA. So we started off uh, about seven years ago uh, where we just randomly ran into a, a person that we were talking about a foster child having a need for something. And we decided to just kind of kind of take care of that need. And then slowly we found out about CASA group, which takes the foster children. Um, so last two years, 2020, there was a hurricane, uh, if you remember Delta and Laura in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which we have hotels there. Uh, you know, so a lot, of, a lot of people got displayed, obviously all the kids were displayed. So, so between that and the Hurricane Ida, which affected us, mm-hmm. or seven hotels got affected last year, right? So we, have, we uh, took care of about over 200 kids each year that got dis- displaced and, and, and were able to do that. So, uh, so it, in your uh, hotels, uh, uh, no, by, by, by sponsoring this group from CASA, which are okay. foster children. So f- these foster children were displaced and, and during the Christmas time, they were, they have nowhere to go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and there was nobody to take care of it, uh, with the, with the, with the holidays and gifts and so forth. So we, 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 uh, we bought them, the, we got the wish list and we bought what exactly what they were wanting and we gave it out to the, the CASA. Uh, supervisors to, to distribute it to the children. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really wonderful yeah. giving back. I, I was just discussing that with someone else, the importance of giving back somehow, what, whatever that might be. Right. You know, there's always right. somebody who has less than you have. And it, I think it's really important to, to, to do that. Frankly, we should all be doing that. Um, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you're facing both with you know your hotels and within that industry the hospitality industry currently right so staffing (laughs) well staffing for sure right Uh, but uh uh you know before even that that there's other challenge that that has come along is the is insurance uh you know we are in this gulf region uh in march well right hurricanes uh, yeah sure yeah very good right So, so in march 2020 for our eight hotels, we had uh, renewed insurance um, at uh, four hundred twenty-six thousand. In March, March twenty-one, we did it for six hundred twenty-six thousand. Oh my God, two hundred thousand—that's fifty percent. Okay, fifty percent increase. This year, this year, March twenty twenty-two, one point eight million from six hundred thousand. So yeah, so from three, so three hundred percent. Percent, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? You know, oh so, so that that's, that's one of the biggest. 
biggest challenge. You know, these um, Fed's raising the interest rate, you know, that has increased our mortgage payments, so that affected liquidity. And then obviously the labor shortage, right? So, so sure. that, that's, uh, that has not helped either. So with mm. COVID and hurricane and, and all this other stuff, you know, it's a, it's been a nightmare uh, for, for our hotel industries in this part of the region, you know? Well, and certainly not for the faint of heart, right? I, I mean, and, and of course, you know, when your insurance goes up 50% one year and then 300% the following year, yeah. Um, you know, you have to pass those costs along to your customers. Right. Yeah, and and then we we have no choice because there's a fixed cost and you have to you have, of to, course. You have to take it, yeah. So, so by have you I mean, have you had to raise your your rates by the same 300%? I mean, I can't imagine. Right. Yeah, so obviously we cannot raise our rates by 300%, but yeah, right. we, we have systematically, you know, you know, uh with our revenue management team and 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 our regional director and general manager of the hotels, we have kind of done done the floor of how low we can go with the rates and even mm-hmm. though a lot of the a lot of the companies that have been associated with us the previous year Obviously, we told them that obviously we cannot accommodate at those rates anymore, uh, you know, right. and, and so we, we have to increase the rates. And, and, and there, there are some companies that objected to it. Most companies took it and they understood it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you cannot continue to operate at that margin because you'll be literally giving away those money uh, right. as a loss to the to those guys. Yeah. Ugh, that's that's really that's really so unfortunate. So if you look back on your career in the hotel business, um, what would you say, you know, were some of your biggest mistakes and, you know, how did you, how did you overcome those, you know, as a leader, right? As an owner? Yeah. So uh, the, the first big, huge challenge happened back, uh, back in 2017. Uh, uh, we were building a, a, a hotel in, in Lake Charles and, and uh, we had $11 million loan with this bank. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, t- one third of the construction part of it, this bank got took over by FDIC mm. and, 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 and there were, there was, uh, there was, uh, uh you know, a lot of, uh, news, uh, behind that, that we should have checked for this bank. Uh, and, and, and it led to that FDIC taking over. And then we had to, we had to, you know, kind of scramble, try to replace that loan, which is very difficult in the middle of the constructions. And, uh, you know, and having to having to get by with that, that, that was a huge challenge. And, and I, I think that doing the due diligence when you're uh, going into such a large project, that's not just because some bank is lending it, that that's a safe bet, uh, because it can usually lose all your liquidity uh, and more, uh, you know, if this kind of situation happens, uh, you know. So, so that, that, that was a very harsh experience that, that, that we learned, uh, uh, you know, that um, it's, it's not easy, even though we were able to get out of it. Uh, but, but uh, you know, for a few months there, it was, it was um, a very, very, uh, yeah, you know, dramatic uh, experience. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. As a leader, though, tell me a little bit about the, the you know, mistakes you've made over the years. And, and, and again, and what you have, you know, and what you realize, okay, this is not the, you know, this may not be the best way to be doing things. Let me make a change. Um, so well, the, one of the things that I can refer back to uh, my experience in, in 90s were, uh, uh, were when I really wanted to learn on my own, uh, uh, you know, there was, there was not a person who would take, take up on the wing and, 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 uh, and teach me or, or like guide me. a mentor. Me. The, mm-hmm. the mentorship, right? So, sure. so, the, the, so everything what I learned was 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 from from my own uh, experience. So, so there were a lot of failures 
there were a lot of failures, some basic failures that I wish that I would have known, or I wish I would have kind of kind of gone a little bit more further out, um, you know, and, and the common sense uh, part of it in, in certain basic uh, 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 business aspect of it. So, so I would I would say that that's not not again having to dwell on the experience in '90s and not carrying over to to the next decade and and be a little bit more open with the technology and with and and, oh, and opening up to the other uh, leaders uh, in the industry and uh, and learning from them and asking the questions. I think that that, that probably I would consider as the the biggest learning experience that that I should have known better. Uh, not dwelling on that experience in '99s. Did did you subsequently find yourself a mentor or mentors? Uh, so I, I've grown into to kind of uh, at this point to learn from from the different personalities and 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 being the technology that's freely available now, right, makes the life a lot easier, right? Uh, you know, so 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 that that's been a main major part of it. I I, I get was more more technology uh, towards the towards the social media, towards the mm-hmm. YouTube, towards towards the mm-hmm. books. And, and so forth, where, where you kind of kind of learn from them. And then when you come across a lot more contacts and, 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 and people, then you just simply ask the questions and reach out to them. And, hey, what do you do in this circumstance? How do you do this? And that has to kind of open up a lot of door, doors as well. So, so asking the questions and, and reaching out and not afraid, uh, I, I would say, would be with, with learning experience that, that I, should, I should have done a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So you have uh, among the nine hotels that you own and then the other two that you that you are the operator of the in total of 11, about 170 employees. Tell me a little bit about your talent strategy, right? I mean, again, talent is a challenge regardless of the business you're in. Um, but I have to think because in the hotel business, it's such a high percentage of blue collar employees um, it's got to be challenging. So tell me a little bit about your, the strategy you use to, to hire people and where you've seen your successes, your failures and, and what you're doing about it. Right. Yeah. So, so you're right. I, I mean, I mean, more than, more than 50% of you at any given hotel, the staff is uh, housekeeping, right. Um, you know, you know, so, so that, that, that's all, always a challenge because again, that, that, that's a very laborsome, cumbersome job in, in you know, and, sure. and it's, it's a, it's, it's a stressful job in, in that regards. Uh, you know, and and so a lot of times, you know, we have kind of diverted our attention to sort of uh, uh, getting into the contracts uh, uh, companies where where you could just simply get the the uh, some of the uh, some of the labor from there to be able to train and 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 then then kind of slowly bring him on on board and get get him get him permanent permanently in, in employed. Uh, you know, providing providing the necessary tools. And again. You know, overstaffing it. I think that that's something that that uh, that we have learned long time ago. Uh, that, that you you can't you, you cannot just just kind of be the bare minimum. You know, you have to overstaff it. But the challenges are going to happen, and you have to just eat some extra labor costs. You just can't go by those those numbers on your budget, right? So you have to you have to hire 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 over hire. Uh, with the front desk and and the and, and the management team, you, you got to you got to have tools and resources, training. Uh, you know, and and then having 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 given the. Uh, the empowerment to take care take care of the, of the situations, and if they if they screwed up or if they have a problem or a challenge, you know, you just go back and, and just kind of train them. And so we have uh, you know tier structure with the regional director in place. You know that kind of helps out a lot, where we kind of you know get uh, uh, get that happy medium between the corporate ownership and 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 the the property level you know team. Mm-hmm. You, you you have the barrier with the with the regional director who kind of takes care of it, and 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 she she kind of address some of the challenges pretty well. So it kind of works out in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes to, as you said, you know, over 50% of your, of, you know, of your staffing is, is housekeeping, right? And I have to imagine most of whom, you know, English is their second language. So, you know, what are you, and it's a hard job with lots of challenges. So what are you doing 
to if for those employees in particular to to help retain those people. Yeah, so so uh, no, no, I mean it's it's a p- part of the part of this uh, business life is that there is going to be turnovers, right? So, but well, of but, course, yeah. But you want to minimize that, right? Turnover well, costs yeah. money. So what 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 we have the, again, uh, you know, the, the the best thing is that you you're right. So a lot, a lot of them are are are, are uh, Spanish speaking um, um, employees, right? Mm-hmm. So this team team members again, you know, we need to make sure that they're they're taken care of in the sense of because primary thing again, uh, you know, is is the what what are you paying? What is hourly wage? And then other thing is that that also providing them consistency. Most of this. Uh, you know, uh, team members wants a full time. They want at least to get thirty five plus hours. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that's, of course. That's it. So they want to make it their worth it because some of them are traveling in in a group. Uh, they're they're carpooling it and so forth. So we want to make sure that that hours are provided. So we we try to accommodate. Uh, you know the team to to work together who are carpooling mm-hmm. it. Uh, make sure that we are paying uh, over the market rates, and then also making sure mm-hmm. that that the consistency with the, with the um, amount of rooms that we give them, so that they satisfy their their, labor, their hourly weekly hours need, and, and and so forth. And and then again, and making sure that the the supervisor and the and the manager makes them. Uh, you know, you know, feel welcome because a lot of times it's it's uh, inferiority complex. You know, I know I had it back up and I started it. Uh, you know, and it's, it takes a little time to kind of get used to it and so forth. So it's uh, it's a challenge that uh, I kind of related directly. So so you know, we want to make sure that uh, you know you know the, the you know the, the respect and and the, and the accountability as well as taking care of the team is is, is crucial. Yeah, well, and I mean, you hit that nail on the head. Respect, right? Um, I think there are there are many businesses that I mean, and we saw it during COVID, right? Where you know it was the people in hospitality and in those industries and the restaurants who were just not treated well. You know, you can't blame them for wanting to leave what they were doing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you have to treat human beings like human beings, uh, regardless of the level, you know, the level they are. It's just, it, yeah. I mean, you know, the, life is hard enough. Why, why do you need to make it harder, right? Right, right. Yeah, and and, and I think the the, the post COVID uh, uh, the experiences, especially with the customers, has been has been uh, you know you know uh, on on a really bad side. Especially you know they're not willing to to kind of uh, you know take the situation in mind, and and just uh, it's it's overall. I think we talked to so many uh, so many peers, and it's it's just just bad right now. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, what would you, tell me a little bit about the culture you have built among your properties? So, how would you describe it? So, the, the, again, you know, it, it's going going back to what I said earlier. I think the the, the trust and empowerment part of it, you know, uh, yeah. we operate it here, right? But I personally am not calling the hotels. Uh, you know, we are not visiting the hotels. Uh, we are not, uh, you know, you know, sort of, uh, you know, keeping an eye, uh, micromanaging, uh, micromanaging, also micromanaging right? So, yeah. So, so it's, it's uh, the team is being handled. You know, you know, we are there for them. We occasionally make the call to the GM and just say, "Hey, how are we doing? If you need anything else, you know, you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a challenge with the building, uh, but one one thing about about us is that even during the COVID and and now, even though we have never uh, uh, kind of backed down from from taking care of the stuff in you know, the capex, we always spend money on capex. We take care of the problems. Uh, you know, that's the biggest that's the biggest complaints of any GM that we have talked to that that when you don't take care of it and then when they're you know, answer to the customers, uh, you know, is day in and day out the same problem carries over. So, so, you know, we have always, uh, you know, made full effort to take care of it and take care of it right away. Right. We, we take care of that part of it. And, and then again, uh, providing, uh, you know, you know, uh, giving them the tools and, and the benefits as well. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guiding, uh, guiding them towards, uh, 
uh, you know, relocation if, if they need to be and, and becoming a GM if they are mid-level management and so forth. So, yeah, just kind of empowering them. Right. So, so Vilma, it sounds like you're, you're and that was going to be my next question, that you're promoting from within as often as you can and, and yeah, then yeah. giving those people training. Fantastic. Right, right. Uh, we have we had uh, you know so far uh, over four four GMs in, in different uh, hotels that that got promoted. Uh, yeah, you know whether it's within or, or from our sister property. Yeah. And then and then what do you do because this is one of the biggest problems regardless if you know whether you're in high tech or hospitality doesn't matter is that people get promoted and then they don't get the 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 leadership support and the training that they need to actually succeed. So what are you doing to help those people succeed as you move them up the food chain? Yeah. So we learn the hard way too, right? Right. Sometimes if you're a great front office supervisor, that is done. Doesn't mean you're going to be a great GM. That's right. GM, right. And we have learned that from, from the former peers. So, so we, you know, we are, we are now, you know, making sure that uh, we're transitioning them, uh, you know, to, to a temporary category where you have an option but if this is not working out, whether each party has option to be, go back to your original position, or or uh, yeah, or if you're, if you're excelling it, then you can you can permanently take over the position. So we are mm-hmm. keeping that little bridge gap. So this way, neither party is affected, where you kind of lose that employee permanently. So it was a great FOM. Now you don't even want to have FOM, and you don't have a GM, right? So so that that that's uh, that that's a that's that's a one part part, part of it, right? And the, and the second part is the training up to 60 or 90 days post taking over the position and hand holding them uh, yes. until certain yes. time that, that they are they are they are free to take care of their own make make their own decision yeah do you get together with all your gms like quarterly or have like regular meetings because they're coming from different properties they may have different issues that they're dealing with you know to to really do some sort of to work with them to help them you know share their concern, their issues, what's working, what's not working to help everyone succeed better. Right. So uh, we, we actually have a weekly call with my, my regional directors. All the GMs have a weekly call. They just kind of go over, go over their, okay. their, their numbers and challenges and guest service scores and, and, and whatever. Right. And, and, and then so, so, and then we, we as ownership, uh, you know, we, uh, we randomly just kind of keep call each of them personal on personal mm-hmm. level and just talk to them on a random matter. And then if there's a need to be, you know, we go visit the property, uh, you know, and go have lunch and just, just kind of address anything, anything that, that, that needs to be addressed. So we try to keep that two okay. different levels where, yeah, the day to day operations handled weekly, but but then uh, from the ownership side is handled differently. Got it. Uh, Vimal, tell me a little bit about the genesis of Mystic Solutions in two thousand six. So uh, that was post Katrina, right? And and uh, mm-hmm. we had just kind of grew up, uh, came out of uh, uh, you know two, three hotels, and I'm going up to the four four hotels, and and uh, we had challenges with uh, uh, with accounting where. There was a lot of errors coming up because of the night audit reports that comes out of the PMS system mm-hmm. at the hotel levels, and and so I was just trying to simply just trying to solve one problem with how how we can just kind of eliminate this error and just kind of sort of automate these files, and so we started building something very basic where we we capture the mm-hmm. data from the night audit and, mm-hmm. and then push it into our accounting system, and and then so we developed that little small portion of that uh, tool, and then we kind of. Took it from there, and then we just kind of kept building on it. Whether you know we want to do this budget numbers and we want to do actual numbers, and then we want to see what it, what uh, if you out of order rooms or comp rooms, or we have mm-hmm. we want to see the market segment reports and and the star reports and labor, and so we kind of ended up building the seventh version right now. Uh, uh, you know, which is sort of a lot of automation, uh, very very little manual data entry, and it kind of takes the data. Gives you the dashboard with the problem, uh, problem uh, information of each of the categories, 
and just tell mm-hmm. you, okay, you need to go take care of it. So now you no longer have to look at the uh, stack of papers or figure it out because some hotel may not have a GM, some hotel may just right. have a poem. So this kind of standardizes the, for the process and it, it uh, you know, we've been using this for the long time at, at our company. And uh, so now we just uh, launched it, uh, uh, the Innerly, what I call it, is the last week. And, and, and we just uh, want to say that that would be very beneficial to, to all the hotelers because it built to the experience and solved the problem, what we, we were facing at the ground level. Right. So good. That's that's what I was hoping for. So are you now looking to sell that to other hotels or have you even started doing that yet? Yeah, yeah. So we started we started doing So you're built you're building a tech firm, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we uh, So we how are you going to have time to to run that company and your hotels? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a full team, right? Uh, yeah, we have we have yeah. a full team that that handles that that part of it. Uh, as well, Got but, it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean that, that platform was built, and it makes no sense just to kind of keep it within our company. Um, so much time no. and resources behind it. So, so yeah, we're gonna we are we are, we are selling it into the hospital industries, and 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 uh, then we'll we'll take an additional challenges that they are facing, and we'll add it to that. So it's more of a customized Love solution. It. How many employees do you have at Mystic Solutions at this time? So uh, we have about uh, the team in India. We have about thirty three that that works on it. So that's is that all developers. Yeah. Uh, there's developers, there's a QA, there's a mobile developers, there's a front-end accounting as well that, that, that does right. all of our accounting so forth. So, so yeah, designers. So who's selling this? I mean, it, you know, you've got to have somebody, are you going to build, I mean, are you going to build out this company here in the States and, and actually, you know, grow it into something where you've got, you know, salespeople and customer success and all the other, you know, things that other, you know, when we think of tech firms have, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we we have uh, we have already relationship uh, you know, with the hospitality space that that we've already been using uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, third parties uh, you know for our other other sources. So got it. So, yeah, we're gonna collaborate mm-hmm. that in essence of that because again, what uh, if nothing else, if COVID has taught us that instead of having uh, to, to incur a lot of the labor uh, in Japan, is is always great to collaborate and spread out. Uh, and the, so, 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 you know, that's exactly what we're going to do that. And, and we're going to collaborate that and, and we're going to just sell it, uh, you know, you know, through, through that, that system. Okay. So you're doing it through third party sellers. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so why have you chosen to go that route rather than to build everything internally? So I mean, the, a lot of the stuff is already built internally. So except the sales part of it and, and the, and the reason. Well, that's, and that's, yeah, that's really what yeah. I'm getting after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so this, this, this and, and, and again, because, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, the, the collaboration that we have, they're already part of the hospitality space. They already know the hotel industry. They're already in that. They already have the, the connections. They already have, have mm-hmm. the know-hows. So we don't have to go out there and teach a new person how, how, the, yeah. how the software works. It makes life a lot easier when we're talking about what's the ADR and the rev part and the star report and index. You know, they, all, they, they would already know about it. So that, that makes a lot easier mm-hmm. in the hotelier lingo to talk to another hotelier and makes life a lot easier. Yeah, very, very interesting. Right. That's fantastic. So uh, going back to the hotel industry, what would you say, if anything, and I have to imagine there's something, kind of bugs you about your industry? What bothers you? Uh, right right now, I, I think the, the biggest challenge is this uh, franchisee-franchisor relations. I, I think... Uh, um, you know, it has taken a little bit uh, a bad time for the worst. I don't know if you saw this a Marriott letter trying to back out of Ahoa uh, and not not supporting the twelve fair franchising points. Uh, they're objecting to New Jersey laws for the fair franchising. Um, oh, you know, so, I did not see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so that that that's 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 a very very, very troublesome future that that we are seeing in in, in the space. Uh, you know, so a lot of uh, hoteliers, including ourselves, you know, we are gearing towards multifamily, uh, maybe storages, uh, you know, retails. 
and any any other uh, different businesses uh, and moving away from the franchisee franchise or business, or maybe even going after in uh, you know unique boutique hotels. A lot of lot of big right. players are doing that. You know, so, right. so yeah, so that's 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 the most challenging and troublesome part right now. That mm-hmm. the, you know the sixty percent. Uh, uh, that that uh, that boasted their their revenue over the period of uh, decades. Now they're turning against them and making life difficult financially. Why do you think that's happening? It's it's it's, it's great, right? Uh, at the end of the day, the stock prices, the the CEOs, uh, bonus structures, the plans, and and uh, you know creating those investors and and the Wall Street and all that, right? At the end of the day, right. You already have the royalty coming. In, you already have marketing fee coming in. Now you want to add on ten different additional fees on that. Now from ten and twelve percent, you're up to eighteen percent. Uh, and then you have mandates and kickbacks from the from the from the from yeah. the other vendors and so forth. So where do you stop, right? It's gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna continue to mm-hmm. be a, become an employee for this franchise, or that's that's what it's become. Right. So so you know, f- franchisees of course have contracts, right? Franchise yeah. agreements. Um, I mean, do you do you foresee? And, and it sounds like I'm hearing a little bit of that. Uh, not just you, but you know, others franchisees finally saying, you know, I need to get out of this contract and just. You know, I've already got the hotel. Let me get out, buy myself out of the contract and change the name of the hotel and just, you know, do things differently. Yeah, so it's very expensive to get out, right? So there's a, there's a liquidated damages associated with it, right? Uh, you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and it, it all depends on case by case basis how much that brand wants to work with you on right. the liquidated damages. And, and so it can be very expensive uh, if you have 10 years left on a contract versus two or three years left on a contract, right? Sure. Uh, and and then then having having to to de- declutter all all of yeah. the brand standards and so forth. So it's, it's it's very expensive to get out. Plus, if you have a lender, uh, you know you have to notify the lender, and if you're going independent, then the lender has to approve that as well. So so there are a lot of nuances in 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 that part mm-hmm. of it. How how uh, how how you started off it? What uh, what agreement did you execute with the franchisor? What loan documents did you sign up with the with the lender? And so it gets very complicated. Uh, you know, it's it's a part uh, if you if you are. Uh, don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I, I have to imagine it must be. Um, do you have uh, in the hotel business? Do you have an ideal client? You know, an ideal no. customer. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, so the uh, the the client is that it's very various, and it, we we realize. I mean, it's, it's sort of our business more of a, like a retail, right? Uh, you know, yeah. you, you see a lot of companies that, that goes in, but again, it's not consistent. So, so you know, you get mm-hmm. weekday, weekend, different different clientele. Sometimes you get a group. Sometimes you get this company because mm-hmm. the work is going on, and they may take up on for for twenty thirty days uh, room. So it, it's it's kind of all all varies. I mean, the ideal part would be that it's a corporate guest, right? If it's a corporate guest, those Monday through Thursday guests, uh, yeah. you know, you know, they're they're very easy to take care of them. Uh, and and is one person a room? You know, housekeeping is is good. You don't have trouble at the front desk. The in and out, right. and it makes sense, right? So, so the ideal part, ideal customer would be the corporate client. Yeah, yeah, that does that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think yeah. So so you know, where do you see yourself uh, investing in resources among your properties? Let's say over the next year, and what and what type of resources? Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the technology part of is it, it capital sure. expenses? Is it something yeah. different? Yeah. Yeah. The technology part of it is for sure because we want to be kind of kind of build a little bit, uh, a little bit mm-hmm. more, more innovative. Maybe use uh, AI in in kind of sure. gathering data information part of it because again, like I said, we want to scale it, right? 
So when we, if you're going to scale it to 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 a different asset class like multifamily or or or, or any or boutique hotels or whatever the case may be, and, and going outside mm-hmm. Louisiana, right? So that that that's our our main plan to kind of kind of take care of a different class of assets, scale it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe bring in bring in outside investors as well. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in able to, to to do two or three projects in a year versus one one project a year, right? Right. Um, and, you know, and then then get get uh, get into partnerships with the uh, uh, with the other uh, uh, specialty skills where we're underwriting part of it or, or the uh, or, or the operation part of it or any other that that that, that we could we could. We could use it rather than having to bring him on board as as a as a staff match, staff or team member. Uh, it's a lot makes a lot of sense uh, that way. We can we can be able to use different skill sets at the different times uh, and not incur the permanent cost on it. Right. So, uh, given everything we've talked about, if if somebody was looking to get into the hotel business, what's the advice you'd give them? <laughs> read read the read the FDD, read the franchise agreements, and you know, and and then make sure you figure out your exits. Uh, expenses before before you get in because that's that's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very good. Um, what does your day to day your day to day look like as a leader, as you know, an owner operator of eleven eleven properties? Uh, what do you spend your uh, time doing? Yeah, typically I start my day off at five. I, I go work out and then uh, then I spend spend my my twenty minutes outside on a swing every day. That's my routine. Uh, but obviously, then then they start with checking emails and just kind of addressing if there's any 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 fires to to put out uh, first thing in the mm-hmm. morning. And just just sort of over the period of years, we have learned to kind of kind of ignore some of the emails, not to take up on the first thing in the morning. That's right. Uh, yeah, you, you know, and just just address it if there's something dire need that, that that really needs addressing. You know, going through the the calendars and just make sure appointments or, or Zoom calls or anything that they're scheduled. Uh, luckily, you know, we have delegated a lot of the responsibility to, we have accounting team, as I said, that the team in India that takes, takes care of a lot of, lot, lot of the nuances. Uh, my regional director takes care of a lot of, lot of challenges at the property level. So you, I don't get a lot of those midnight calls, uh, which, to, you know, eight, 10 years ago, I used to get a lot. Uh, so that mm. makes a life, life a lot easier part of it. Sure. Now, now we are focused on, 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 on talking to these lenders, get, getting, getting the uh, due diligence done on, on an asset that we are trying to acquire uh, are, are planning to, to, to put an LOI to another. So we are phasing out from somewhat from the operations to, to kind of get getting into uh, buying assets or get, getting with the lenders and acquiring loans and, and just kind of building our own network uh, so that we can self-sustain ourselves without having to go through a broker. Right. How do you spend your time when you're not working? <laughs> uh, Hopefully there is time when you're not working. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I like to travel. Um, you know, that that that's uh, that that that's my my uh, uh, that's the part I love, and especially nature. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know. So tra- travel part of it. Um, you know, you know, uh, watching uh, watching movies with my, my my children. You know, that that's uh, you know they are in college now, but uh, it's it's been a part that we used to enjoy. You know, we over the weekend where we gonna watch, watch some funny movies and things like that. And and then obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, over the weekend, um, you know, we we go out with my wife and just kind of hang out. Uh, but uh, I spent a lot of time kind of getting into some technology and reading stuff and, and kind of knowing what, what new things are out there. And, and always that kind of tickles me. Sometimes I would like to go and try those new products and so forth. So, so that, that's yeah. where my time spends. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I mean, certainly for a guy who, you know, sa- who, who, who says that, um, uh, you know, you went to the university of failures and mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the school of hard knocks, you know, I, I say bravo, right? I mean, um, everyone thinks you need a formal education and, 
yes, it's helpful as you as you discovered you came to this country and had to work, you know, at at a donut shop and McDonald's, you know, yuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you do what you have to do, and that didn't stop you from educating yourself and learning. You know, and and I say bravo, really. So uh, finally, if if somebody listening to this. Um, is let's say you know they're in technology and they're they're interested especially in this company that you're building um and thinking wow i I'd, I'd love to get involved in that what you know what he's doing in the hospitality industry to help out you know help out these these other organizations uh what what should they do to get a hold of you how what should would be the next step that you'd want them to take and linkedin handle is at, at uh, vimal q twitter is at vimal q and uh, you can always uh look up uh, and email me from uh, qhotels.co our website and you can reach out to me that way so Happy to to answer any questions or assist or guide guide in a direction that that, that may, may take you to your next. Great, great, great. Well, Vimal Patel, uh, president and CEO of Q Hotels Management and founder of Mystic Solutions. Uh, thanks so much for your time. This is really an interesting conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.